Night of the Comet is a light-hearted post-apocalyptic tale starring a pair of valley girls and a mysterious group of scientists. The film is not concerned with grit or survival as much as it is just having fun, so let's see how this cult hit holds up. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together and we talk about a movie film. It's really quite that simple. And we're in the 80s season and this is a vote winner. Our patrons voted on this one. Every month at patreon.com slash TV or $10 patrons and up get to vote between three movies for an episode every month. And uh, the winner was Night of the Comet which is a 1984 movie in which a comet passes over the Earth and wipes out the vast majority of human life with radiation or magic or something. <laughs> it's, it's very vague. It's very vague as to what actually causes anything. But it's a post-apocalyptic movie, in essence. So we'll get into it. Yeah. We'll uh, start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning before we get to spoilers. Uh, it's very 80s. It's very light-hearted. It's, a, it's practically a like a teen comedy that happens to be a post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie. Technically, you could also say it's kind of a zombie movie, but even that feels kind of like a, a stretch. Yeah. I was getting vibes of... Um, which Romero movie is it where they go to a mall? Dawn of the Dead, you're thinking of. Dawn yeah. of the Dead, yeah. I, I'll, I've never seen it. I've only seen the Zack Snyder version. I know that's... Uh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> My heart... My heart can't only, take it, Tara. I've only seen the first Night of the Living Dead. Like, for, uh, I think I saw it the first time just a couple of years ago. Well, it's a perfect... Beginning of last year, even. It's a perfect, so maybe only a year ago. <laughs> it's a perfect time to then watch Dawn of the Dead. Then. You, you go <laughs> watch the classics. This is what I thought Dawn of the Dead was going to be about. <laughs> there, there is like a part... I like the- I've seen it now. Don't, don't you dare. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> say these hurtful words to me. Uh, yeah, so so we got two teen girls are kind of our main characters. Uh, Reg and Sam, or Regina and Samantha. Uh, the actress plays Samantha, the younger of the two sisters, uh, is played by Kerry Marini, who is, and what else? Before. Yes, what, what else? Television? You know, she may actually be, but that's not what I was thinking of. I was thinking of Chopping Mall! <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. She's in Shopping Mall. I definitely knew her face. In fact, she's not the only actor in this that's in Shopping Mall. <laughs> no, I definitely know the other one. Yes, yes. Uh, the, uh, well, because there's only one weird scene at the start of Shopping Mall where uh, there's an actress and also Garrett Graham who just sit and have some lanes, and then... <laughs> no, she is... Um, you're talking about... Uh, I know her name. Mary Waranov? Mary Wood- Woodar. Yeah, Mary Woodoff. What? Warrenoff. I'm looking at Warrenoff. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I saw her name in the opening titles, and like, oh, I don't know her. She's become like a, like just a, a person on my radar because she keeps popping up all the time. Uh, Mary Warrenoff. She was in. She was sitting next to Garrett Graham. Well, not sitting next to him because he was the security guy, right, in Choppy Mall. No, 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 no. Her and him were uh, no, married no, in no. Terrorvision. <laughs> No, they were sitting next to each other. They were the couple at the start at the shopping mall. Uh, yeah, he's the security guard because he eats it from the. He's not the security. Tara, how do you? How are you so wrong about a Garrett Graham role? Well, he's, not, 
okay, he's not a security guard, but he's in the, the room with the uh, with all the, the TV screens. Nope. That's when he gets killed. Nope. He does not get killed in Chopping Mall. He's not in that part of the movie. <laughs> yes, he is. No, he's not. <laughs> chopping Mall is the, is the android security, right? That comes to life <laughs> and starts murdering people. Oh, I love how wrong Tara is about this. Oh, I'm good to enjoy this. No. Choppy Mall opens with Gary Graham and Mary Warren of uh, sitting and she makes like a weird racist comment about one of the robots looking ethnic and they're just, they're just kind of there in the crowd. That's Gary Graham's role in Choppy Mall. He's not in the rest of the movie. No, he's the guy oh. in the room. <laughs> I love how proud Because I'm going to pull it up right no, now. He's not in that scene. Yes, he I'm is. He's like the first one who dies. I'm going to have to edit this a little bit because this is going on too long, but it's going to be so funny when it jump cuts to you admitting you're wrong. Oh, this is gold. Gold, Jerry, gold. Oh, my I've face. sent you a link. Oh, you've sent me a link, have you? Now you're definitely going to edit it because you're going to look like an idiot. <laughs> How... Dare you test me? No, no, that's just not. He wasn't. She is sitting no. next to somebody else in that scene, but he and Mary Warrenoff are a couple in Terror Vision. They're the parents. Uh, I, I hate, I hate that you are a hundred percent right. I hate it. I hate it with every fiber of my being. Of course, as I'm seeing the screenshot at the start, it's this old bald guy with a beard. Oh! Oh, I'm so mad. Oh, oh boy, I hope you don't edit it. <laughs> it's okay. I, uh, I could just be a little bit better at Garrett Graham movies. But, but it was funnier because you love Garrett Graham if I was right. And... Mm, fine <laughs> fine all right tower is right everyone i i yield i was wrong still the champ more importantly the younger sister uh is one of the teens in shopping mall as well she works at the, the, the restaurant in the movie uh she's very notable because of her sort of blonde sort of perm thing she's got going on very 80s yeah yeah very 80s teen so, uh, although the older sister Regina is definitely the more main character, I would say. Uh, the other main character that pops up is Hector, who is played by someone who I'm sure Tara knows. Robert Beltran, Kuchimoya. We got ourselves Chicote. <laughs> from that Star Trek Voyager. That, that was a lot of words there, but yes, he's from Star Trek Voyager. Even I reckon, I was like, I think he looks familiar. And when I looked him up, I was like, oh, Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, I've seen photos of him in the uniform. Yeah, I know his voice pretty well also. And I'll, I saw his name in the credits. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know <laughs> I've never seen Chakotay in anything else. Oh, that's not true. He was in Big Love. But yeah, those are the only two things I've seen. Do you know, I actually, uh, there was a moment in this where I thought there was someone else relevant to you in this. And it wasn't, but it sounded a lot like him. At one point, you hear like a voice on the radio. And I was convinced it was Tom Servo from Mystery Science Theater because it sounds so much oh, like him. Kevin Murphy. Yeah, but I looked it up and it wasn't him. But like, I was convinced it was him because it sounded so much like him. He's probably from a similar part of the country or something like that. But he sounded a lot like him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I noticed um, that voice. But Servo has a very radio voice. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's got a very kind of presentary, you know, upbeat voice. Mm -hmm. So. 
Yeah, so that, that, those are our main characters. Uh, our main character, Regina, works at a movie theatre, and the world is sort of like... They all know this comet's passing by, so there's like crowds out in the street. They're having like a, it's almost like a New Year's party type atmosphere where everyone's getting together to watch this comet. They're having barbecues and doing all this sort of stuff. Uh, but most of the we, people we find, die. We find out that it's only happened once in the last sixty-five million years. Yes, around the t- around the time of the dinosaurs going away, which you would think people would go. Wait a minute, maybe we should. Uh, <laughs> well, there are people. It turns out that that because it's established in the opening. Also, yeah, there's some scientists who are going underground who clearly think that this is the end of the world, yeah. But mm-hmm. there is a bit of a plot hole here. I just didn't say this is maybe the same uh, the same meteor or comet, I should say, that killed the dinosaurs. Because the dinosaurs left bones. And it's quite clear in this movie that the humans that died did not leave any bones. Well, they didn't leave bones during the mass extinction, right? Like, the bones are just... Because they were around for millions of years, like hundreds of oh, millions okay. of years. Oh, okay, okay. So point. just over time, like, you know, just any bones you know no no you're, the, that makes sense to me actually you're right yeah the, the, if, if there was dinosaurs alive when the impact happened of the theoretical comet then yeah they'd and even in the real world they'd be pulverized so okay fair point tara's right again tara to peter nell yeah. okay Woo. i am it <laughs> what a shit episode this is all right <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I don't know. I think it's going pretty well. How dare you emasculate me like this? How dare you? <laughs> You've done everything yourself. That's 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 the ironic joke. I mean, that's the truth of the real world, right? Is that men just do it to themselves by and large? There's like maybe one percent. Blame the women. There's like one percent of the time where a woman actually is evil about something, and that's the cause of the problem. Ninety percent of the time, it's the men just being idiots and do it to themselves. This is this is true, and we all know it. All right. <laughs> What was I getting at? Okay. So yeah, that's that's the start of our movie, uh, and that sets up the world. And it's you know, it's mostly the two teen girls like surviving in this post apocalyptic version of uh I think it's maybe LA, but I mean honestly it I looks think like so, yeah. I think it looks like it's maybe all mostly shot like in like Canada or something else. If it has that kind of feel to it, it's like it's meant to be LA but they're shooting in Vancouver. I don't know that I, yeah, I don't know that I see anything like iconically LA in the film, but I wanna say that they talk about like certain boulevards and stuff that are yeah. that are in Los Angeles. I think they talk about if they stuff. They don't outright say it. I'm not sure. Well, there's a funny line at one point uh, that really cracked me up, where it's sort of like doing the dumb Valley Girl thing, where the younger sister Sam uh, says, "Hey, do you think this happens like in other places as well? You know, like places like Burbank and stuff like that." And I'm like, Bur- "That's as far <laughs> as your mind went with that question is Burbank." <laughs> Maybe somewhere outside Valley Girl bubble, <laughs> outside of the you know the state of California, maybe <laughs> just, just an idea. Um, but yeah, so that's the premise of the movie. Uh, there are some leftover people who are kind of evil slash zombie esque, but we'll, we'll get into like what that is in spoilers. Uh, but that is I actually it. need some help with the zombie part of the movie. Anyway, I watched it twice. I need some explanation. Yeah, I watched it twice. So I, I've got a. Uh, I've got I've got an explanation for you at least according to the movie's logic anyway, but we'll okay. save that for uh, spoilers. Uh, I'll just ask the question: Tara, did you enjoy Night of the Comet? Um, I'll say that I think it's a, a fun movie. If I had seen it when I was like around the time of these kids, maybe I would like it a bit more than mm. than I do. Uh, I think it's like like I, I see what it's going for, and it's super eighties, and I like that it's kind of an indie. 80s teen movie but um 
I just have some like issues with the film, just about plot and stuff sure. like that. That I, like, I guess I just can't quite get over. But um, overall, like it is a fun movie. It's a fun like teen comedy coming yeah. of age almost film. I like the vibe of the movie, and that's my favorite thing about it. Um, watching yeah, it again, yeah, it's a good vibe, you're right? Yeah, watching it again though, I definitely felt a lack of plot. It does feel like the movie doesn't really have much going on until the last like half hour, and then it kind of quickly does some plot stuff. It feels like it's yeah. mostly just wanting to show these kids reacting to the world they're in now. So there's there's not a lot really happening plot wise, and that's a fair critique you know, of it. it. I think it's um, it kind of reminds me of a boy of a, a boy and his dog that kind of setup you know even that also had like a more interesting thing that happened in the final act of the film versus like the the it's beginning and structure, middle of the yeah. film yeah the structure is similar and I think, like i should like it more than i do you know i think this still always feels like it's intentionally light-hearted whereas the boy and his dog i think it's it's, it's aiming it's for super dark yeah, yeah. It's, it's aiming for bigger ideas and it feels kind of weird that it does feel so lacking in that respect whereas this, like, I think it's supposed to be more lighter. It just could use a bit more momentum at times because it feels like it's just sort of... It feels like once they've, like, got over the reaction of what's happened in the world and they run into Hector and kind of form a friendship with him, there is kind of a portion in the middle where they're just kind of waiting around and, like, you know, one character has a dream a couple of times and then there's, you know, and then eventually we get our montage in, like, a, a shopping mall so that we can have some of our funny 80s stuff. But, like, it does kind of, like not have much moving forward at points mm. which is the biggest critique i'd have of it but i like the actors that are in the movie i think it's got a fun vibe and you know music and just kind of sensibility uh so i, I enjoy it but it's definitely like uh it's a fun b movie but it's not you know it's, it's this, this is not like when yeah. we saw the blob from 88 and we're like no mike this is like a sudden it's favorite masterpiece. and you have to yeah. see it <laughs> this is like if you like the sound of this you'll probably have a fun time with it and it's an easy to watch movie where you're doing something else because there's not a lot plot happening so you can kind of listen to it and just sort of look back occasionally yeah i like i like the two leads a lot um i obviously i enjoy seeing chakotay and in this too and he's like a young cool guy um, very different from his Star Trek role. Which is but Robert Beltran, just because you keep saying he's Star Trek character, I think. And I... Chakotay. <laughs> Akutimoya. Yeah, he's Heck. Heck Gomez. Heck. In this. He's, um, yeah, but I think all, I think the trio, I think, are pretty good. And I, I like that this movie seems to be like, oh, uh, kids love horror movies and they love malls. So let's just write a movie for young adults, for teens where we can have an excuse where there's no adults around and they're trapped in a mall or something like that. Yeah. Uh, even though like it does kind of feel like the older sisters, given that the younger sister is that classic teenage who's a slightly older actress playing like a 17 year old or whatever, it feels like the older sister is probably more college age, but the movie still pretends and acts like she's a teenager. Yeah. They just sort of go with it, but like, yeah, whatever. But it's worth mentioning. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I, I would like to... My favorite moment in this whole movie happens right near the start. And so I can bring it up in the spoiler free. But there's an altercation between the younger sister and the stepmom before everyone like disappears that made me burst out laughing because so basically the stepmom like the dad's yeah, away it's, it's a good line I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. The dad's away doing stuff, right? He's in the military or something and the, the younger daughter like they clearly hate their stepmom, right? And she's giving her shit and the younger daughter says hey maybe dad will want to know about you spending time with mr you know jameson who lives across the street you get your hand in his pants and you know she has her back with something but eventually the stepmom slaps her 
and there's a second you know a beat passes and then the sam slaps her back and that kind of made me chuckle but what really made me laugh was the stepmom then clenching her fist and just hooking her in the face. <laughs> I did yeah, not see it coming, and I burst out laughing. I thought the line was funny where she said, um, "She's like, you were born with an asshole, so you, you don't need more than one or something." No, that was the yeah, end. Something like that. What it's do you like, need, Mr. Jameson, for? You were already born with an asshole. Yeah. Something yeah, like something that. like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's the escalated to this punch, and I'm like. You know what? Let's remember the fact that this is supposed to be a minor who just got punched by their evil stepmom. Like she's like she's a monster. Mm-hmm. She's actually a monster. Yeah, yeah. So initially, you're just like, okay, well, something's gonna happen here. Yeah. <laughs> like you already knew where the movie was going, but I'm probably I'm sure you're like, okay, well, like she's on the list. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely dead. Uh, uh, and also, shout out, it's like a weird nerdy moment between uh, Reg and like the guy she's kind of casually seen. She's, she's kind of dating the projectionist who's in the, the movie mm-hmm. theater, and they spend the night up in the projection booth because, well, it's, there's, there's a plot reason for it later, but, but like, uh, the, why why they do this is anyone's guess, because she's away from her evil stepmom, I guess. But mm-hmm. they, they've spent the night there, and they're having some just some pillow talk after they've had sex, and... They're talking about how the this like projection booth like completely made of steel, like everything that's like, completely steel like coated, and the guy is like, yeah, so even Superman couldn't see through it, and she's like, what? It's like, yeah, steel's the one thing, could... and I'm a I'm a DC Comics fan, I'm a Superman fan, and well, I, everybody knows this too. Like, I'm they're... screaming at the screen, I'm like, that's Ledge, you idiot. He can see through steel, and then Reg, becoming my you know my number one my number one B in this movie says. That's legendary. <laughs> like, all right, all right, okay. She's got my vote. <laughs> Plus, everyone knows that because he has X-ray vision. And what's the one thing you have to use when you are getting X-rayed? You have to wear the lead, the lead stuff around the parts you want to protect. Yeah. So because X-rays don't go through that, it's just it's obvious. It's simple. But basically, yeah, this guy uh, Eric or whatever his name is, he's an idiot. <laughs> Agreed. Dump him. Not worth it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, yeah, there's just a couple of funny moments early on that, that, that tickled my uh, my sensibilities. But uh, yeah, so the director and writer of this movie is the same guy, uh, Tom Eberner, Eber Eberhard Eberhard. It's got a D and a T at the end. I'm not sure which one's silent, but um, he's not done a lot of stuff. You know, he's directed things here or there, but nothing I've heard of. The only credit he has that I recognize. Is he was the writer on Honey I Blew Up the Kid, hmm. which we'll do Maybe at some point. He was like a music video guy. You can kind of see that working out. MTV era. No, he's not got any music videos. He's got some TV movies, hmm. some TV episodes, and some just movies I've never heard of. But uh, yeah, but he's nothing. got a good style. It's a shame he didn't do more. Yeah, it's a fun time, you know, and I thought maybe because he's only got so many directing credits, I thought, oh, maybe he's, he's more of a writer, but he's got less writing credits than he does directing, so I, I don't know what he was uh, doing otherwise. Um, yeah, doesn't have that long a career. Maybe he's one of those guys that got a lot of uncredited work helping out on various projects over the years, and that's why he's not got a big list of things on IMDb, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, not, not, nothing much to no- note, really, from him, sadly. Well, that's too bad. Because, I mean, he seems like he's, I don't know, like, you watched Miracle Mile recently. It kind of mm-hmm. has a similar look and feel to it, I I thought, while watching it. Not quite as intense as that film, but, like, yeah, um, 
it's it's got that similar indie vibe of the 80s though you know things are kind of colorful and fun it's got that 80s there's a very specific 80s feel that i know what you're talking about that's in both movies i mean i think miracle mail is a better movie because it's like a much tighter script that's always you know keeping you going but i I see what you're saying though Mm -hmm. so yeah um as far as spoiler free stuff goes um i don't know if there's much more that i really feel like i need to say everything's just kind of plot related at this point yeah i don't remember the score but i'm sure it was synthy and good there was some synth <laughs> they actually did pay for a well-known song though because girls just want to have fun plays in the middle that's true that's true they did have some I music was, in there they I, I was gobsmacked when that started playing because it was like wait this is like a real song people know you must have paid a fortune yeah. for this that's half the budget probably yeah. <laughs> so yeah um but yeah, all right, so we'll give the spoiler warning, and then we'll get into uh, everything else and just sort of work through the the movie. The, uh, you know, we, there's like a weird narration at the start that kind of sets up the ominous, like, comet that's coming. It's like you're watching, like, a really serious science documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just the narration intro of the movie. I, I don't I don't love the narrator. I mean, I guess in any other movie I would like the narrator, but I think because this one is... Uh... It's, it is kind of setting up that it's you're you're getting into some hokey stuff because mm. the narrator is a bit too much, if you know what I mean. Like, he's a bit hokey also. <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of like his voice, uh, but I don't necessarily have a strong feeling one way or the other on his inclusion <laughs> I guess here. Could, if you know that this movie is meant to be for, like teenagers and like it's supposed to be kind of fun like this is setting up like oh you're about to watch a horror movie or something like that but it's gonna have a good time yeah yeah Yeah. well i mean that's one of the things that the characters like obviously they react a little bit to the fact that everyone's gone but it never feels that serious or depressing like it should be like if you were actually in this situation it would be like devastating and you'd be like you know you'd be having like a crisis (laughs) and these characters are just kind of like if all your all your loved ones turned into colorful chalk like, yeah. yeah. I was thinking more like dust, like they've been staked. Like, like, like they were vampires who were staked. They're just like little pails of dust. Yeah, but they're they're like orange and purple and stuff. It's, yeah, they have uh, colors. They're all, yeah, they're all, like different colors. I wonder what the logic is about like why certain people are orange, why certain people are green. Like, what's the what's the scientific <laughs> reasoning for that? I don't know. They're just they're skittled colored. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Just however people, whatever flavor they were. Yeah, we're interested in Red. She gets away with murder at her job because she's just playing the arcade machine, like, the whole time. And her boss is not firing her for some reason. Uh, she's she's hot. She's a hot lady, so... Well, you think that's that? You think the middle-aged manager's just like, nah, I like having her around because I'm a dirty old yeah, man? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, so she spends the night with her boyfriend, or kind of boyfriend, uh, in, in the projection booth because she doesn't want to go home. Uh, and she wants to maybe go see the comet. Oh, she never actually does, obviously, because she survives. The boyfriend's right. got a racket where he, like, lends out prints of movies so they can be copied, and then he gets them given back, which is what he's doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, this, this, was, this was piracy before the internet. <laughs> he had projectionists, like, handing out prints. <laughs> <laughs> For he was little, the Napster of the time. Yeah. For a little payday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we mentioned what happens with the younger sister. She she goes and, like, hangs out in the uh, their steel shed, which is, again, that's the, that's the pl- important plot point of, like, hanging out in the steel projection, like, booth, is that that's what seemingly protects them from the, the wave of radiation or whatever it is that comes from the comma that kills everyone else. Uh, that's lucky. Yeah. 
But there are some people left over, because quite quickly this guy she's with gets killed by, like, a... Well, we'll call him a zombie, but, I mean, like, it's, it's not exactly that either. Basically, what, the way it's explained in the movie is that these people who are kind of, like... They're basically still doing what's happened to everyone else, but it's happening slower because they were partially protected. That's mm-hmm. the that's what's happening to them. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's the logic, but it's just meant to have like I don't know. Like the, it's so easy to just have bad people in the movie, but for some reason they're like we have to make them monsters, like actual monsters. But it also makes it easy to have a happy ending because you know that all these people who are like this are just going to die out quite quickly. You know, like in a few yeah. months they'll all be gone, and you'll just be like, left yeah. alone anyway. So it's safe, yeah. everyone. We can all be happy now with our new happy family. That we make by the end that's fine yeah, like, yeah I, guess so. I mean i guess one of the disappointments in the movie is that the action is not that great because like you know when reg eventually goes outside and she's attacked by the same zombie guy like her her daring escape is just hitting them with a stick and running to a bike there's like nothing <laughs> exciting about it that's true that's true i mean it would be much better if they all knew kung fu but that's just asking too much i guess <laughs> same with the zombies if they're kung fu zombies that was the actual thing that kept people alive is if you knew kung fu <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> i like this movie now i like i like this movie i'm writing what's your kung what's fu your planet what's your justification that the rays of the comet like won't affect you completely if you know kung fu well uh, kung fu provides a, a magical aura Oh, okay. um, that will reflect well, any like a chi. radiation. It's like an inner chi because you're at peace with yourself inside. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, you know, appropriate anything, but I... <laughs> 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 just the kung fu. <laughs> okay. Anyone okay. who has taken martial arts classes are <laughs> are have survived. But the people who don't know martial arts that well, I mean, they're slowly turning into zombies. So you have some zombie kung fu uh, villains, and then you have our heroes who obviously also know kung fu. Um, or taekwondo, or whatever, you know. <laughs> I want Miami Connection Planet. Okay, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because that's a movie where everyone seems to know martial arts of some kind. <laughs> that and Rotar. <laughs> Two the, two Except for Rotor himself, he doesn't. Yeah, of course. Two of the greats. Um, so, she she rushes home on a bike uh, to see if her family, if anyone's alive, and like Sam just kind of saunters out like nothing's happened because I, I guess it's playing on that Ditsy Valley Girl thing. Is she's not even noticed that the entire mm-hmm. world has disappeared. She's just like having cereal and she, yeah, she's just in her own head. Like, if it's not affecting her immediately, she's not noticing it. Yeah. Um... But she does have dreams. Like she has like two dreams in a row or something of zombies. Which well, is that, that's later on at the radio station. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, which, by the way, the radio station, which, which, I mean, they get there quite quickly. I mean, here, all that happens here is basically Reg goes outside and picks up some of the clothes from the like, the garden party where like all the d- dust is, and she's like, "Where are all the kids?" It's Saturday morning, and like the streets just completely dead silent. Um, yeah. Which, oh, and we should mention here that. From this point on, they've got this, like, uh... It's what it reminds me of. It rem- do you remember we did uh, The Day the Earth Caught Fire? And that was a mm-hmm. black and white movie, but they did that sort of orange tint when it was getting really hot. This kind of has that whenever they're outside, where the top half of the screen has, like, this orange tint to show that the, that the sky's changed. Yeah. So you see it when she's, like, driving around in the motorbike, and you see it again here when she's out in the street. There's this kind of, like, effect they've got on the screen to try and, like, show... Everything looks kind of, um... Uh like hazy also 
Mm. Almost like like because everybody has turned to dust, like that's what's in the air. It's just a really dusty environment now. You're walk- you're literally walking through the ashes of like everyone that ever lived. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's metal, I suppose. Yeah. It's pretty metal. Yeah. Yeah, but they they hear the radio and they're like, "Wait, there's still someone at the radio station." It, it turns out to be a recording, of course. There's no one really there, but is they, it though? They drive to the radio station, and. This is like the most unrealistic looking radio station I've ever seen in a movie because it's this big open floor with almost nothing in it. Just but there's like one little desk with the radio stuff, but it's <laughs> yeah. otherwise like an open floor with like one couch. And I'm like, what? This isn't a station. This is like such a waste of space. Like, what is this? <laughs> it's got a little dance floor. It's like a DJ yeah. booth. Yeah, it's like a DJ booth <laughs> that they also broadcast from the radio. It's just like the weirdest like choice ever. But this mm-hmm. is where they run into Hector. Who holds a gun on them because he's worried that they might be crazy. Like, he's encountered, like, one of these zombies already. Um, and this basically starts, like, he's clearly into Reg. Reg's slowly going to be into him. And Sam feels jealous because there's only one guy left in the world. And he's picked the sister like every other guy she's ever met. Well, she's hotter. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wasn't going to say that, because that sounds a bit... <laughs> it sounds shitty coming from me. But yeah, Reg is harder than Sam. I'll give it to you. <laughs> it's very clear later on when they do the, they do the montage, when they're trying on all the different like, 80s clothes, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Reg is the sexy one. There's no denying this. Yeah. It's all right. <clears throat> the older ones usually are. Spoken like a true older sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, I wish you heard that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so they they, they run at Hector, and you know, there's a bit of sadness a little bit here. Uh, but this is the thing. Like, they basically hang around. I think we cut to the scientists for the first time around here. But we'll get back yeah. to them later. We'll, we'll do all the scientists. And they stuff. have leg warmers. Yeah. I think it's weird. We'll do all the scientist stuff sort of when they come out of the plot more. But like. It, basically, they're just sitting around, and it feels like Reg and Hector are bonding, but Hector's like, look, tomorrow I'm going to like drive to San Diego, and she's like, why? Because, well, my mum's there, and she's probably dead, but I got to know. Like, I got to go and see. So there's, like, a little subplot with him, like, driving to San Diego, and, uh, like, he goes into the house, he takes some, like, family photos and stuff that he wants to keep, and then he runs into a zombie person, and he has to escape. It's like a little boy. Yeah. Uh, did, he, did he say he recognised the boy? He might have done. He might have done. But, I mean, he basically just sort of, like, locks the door, runs out the other side, and leaves. Again, the action in the movie's not that good. Like, every time they're in danger, it's kind of like, eh. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It it has the choreography of what you'd expect from, like, a cheap TV show at the time, you know? Like, an action show on TV. Yeah, I agree. So, uh... Meanwhile, though, the sisters, uh, they go and get some guns and they practice with their submachine guns by shooting a cop car. Uh, I think it's before this as well that she has her two nightmares that you mentioned, where uh, she has a nightmare yeah, where she's... Yeah, zombie cops. In yeah, she's, she's joyriding in the post-apocalypse and drinking booze and she gets pulled over, but then the cops are zombies. And I, I was glad this turned out to be a nightmare because I thought this was really weird and stupid. And then she woke up and I was like, okay... Uh, but then, then they do it again. They do the double fake out where she goes to the bathroom to wash her face and then she gets grabbed by the same zombie cop and then she wakes up again and it's like, oh, come on, movie. Like, we did. Yeah. 
This is the sort of shit the Brams and the the boy does. <laughs> that movie that I don't like very much. I I've not seen it, so I don't know. I know only by its reputation. <laughs> <laughs> and what a reputation it has! But uh, yeah, there's a there's a double dream fake out. Is um, you know there's a reason like we don't approve of that anymore. Yeah. But this is a time where you're like okay, I guess. It- Maybe they've not done this before, or if they have, it's very rare. Oh, it's, it's definitely now. it's definitely been done before this movie. Come on, the double dream fake out. Yeah, it's definitely been done before this. Okay, because the dream fake out thing obviously has been a while, but I don't know about the double dream. Yeah, obviously I accept it when it's not horror. Like Inception is fine because the whole premise of that movie is that we're doing dream within a dream within a dream, so that's the the whole mechanic. But <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a dream within a dream. I may have done. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember most of my dreams. I have no idea. Uh, but like I said, though, it's, it does kind of feel like at this point in the middle, it's just kind of killing time. So we get these dream sequences to ha- just have something happen, but nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but they're practicing with the submachine guns, and then Sam gets kind of upset, and she's like, "Did you make it with him last night?" Which is a phrase that's said like five times in this movie that I don't think I've ever heard used to be described sex before. Is did you make it with him? Make what, a yeah, baby? I mean, we... <laughs> Make love, obviously. Okay, okay. <laughs> it sounded too nice and, I don't know, flowery, I guess, for teenagers, but I guess that makes sense. I mean, it's a... Uh... Yeah, it's before it's before our generation, so I don't know what teens would have said at the time, but, like, definitely that's something that, you know, changes throughout time anyway, where people say... True, true, true. ...other things instead. Yes. Yeah. I can forgive it. Yeah, there was a really dated bit after this, actually, where she's, uh, Sam says, what if he's gay because he didn't come on to you last night? And I'm like, he yeah. just met her yesterday. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. But I'm so hot. <laughs> yeah, and, she, and there's, like, no women left. Yeah, and she throws a, a homophobic slur, which is obviously just something that was more accepted at the time, but, you know, worth, yeah. worth pointing out. Yeah, uh, totally. Uh-huh. But to try and cheer her up, she's like, hey... Let's go and like do some shopping because we don't have to pay for anything. Let's go to the mall. Yeah. <laughs> so they go and we get the montage of them trying on different clothes, uh, and then the first real bit of plot probably happens, which is that there's a gang, a Tasha Yar rape gang, you might even say. Uh, Hell yeah! Is in control of the mall and start. So we see this guy with sh- they all wear sunglasses and they're watching the security monitors, and they sort of like come out and start attacking them and talking over the tannoy. Um, and the girls try to get back to their guns and have a bit of a standoff. Um, I kind of liked how goofy the leader of this group was. He had this kind of, again, he had like a sort of radio DJ kind of vibe, the way he talked to everyone. <laughs> I didn't really like him very much, but at least he was a character that was, uh, you know, distinguishable from the rest of the gang. But sure. he, he kind of, I don't know, he was he was doing his like... Uh, college acting theater group thing <laughs> it was a bit over the top i thought i think it fit in this for me but i get what you're saying like i i think i, I enjoyed I like just how cartoony he was he was very cartoony i i feel like he was trying to channel like uh clockwork orange performance or something but it, he just was wasn't quite up to that caliber sure sure um but this is where we have to start talking about the scientists because this is where they eventually came in and kind of saved the day quote-unquote it's because there's this group of underground scientists uh and mary waranov who was not sitting next to garrick graham in chopping mall but was in chopping mall sitting next to another man 
she is the scientist who's sympathetic because the other scientists want to bring back survivors to their underground lab and she doesn't want to and as the movie goes on we kind of get it's because they're probably killing these people for science and then it becomes even clearer later on that they're killing these people because they're trying to save themselves because as she tells us later the they, they went to the secret lab to save themselves but they left the filtration system on so some of the rays still came into the base so they're very very slowly turning into these zombies and then will very slowly die so they're trying yeah, to like unless they get blood transfusions or, or something from healthy people yeah something like that um so but she's the scientist with a conscience so she's not really wanting to do it so she ends up betraying them and whatever but like they they come looking for them because they hear them on the radio because at one point sam starts just talking onto the radio because well why wouldn't she i suppose uh but they they come looking for them they save them from these guys in the mall and then but the because f- they, it was guns versus shoes up until that point so. yes well, <laughs> honestly the, the part of the weirdest moment in the whole movie for me from like a character perspective is that reg and sam just agree to split up here like reg agrees to go with them in a helicopter back to their base and leave sam with a couple of the other scientists and i feel like they wouldn't want to split up with these strangers I, I just, that felt really yeah. off to me but mm. yeah yeah you're you're right like uh I, I think i got vibes of that too where it's just like why would they do that um like because they really have just each other and they're sisters so like yeah but reg literally goes out of the helicopter and just gives a little like happy wave like bye i'll see you later sam <laughs> like, very trusting <laughs> good luck let me know what happens yeah especially <laughs> since in theory like sam is supposed to be killed because because she keeps scratching something so they assume that she's infected it turns out mm-hmm. that she's just got a skin condition that's separate from the, the comet yeah uh <laughs> And the scientist lady, uh, like, makes it look she kills her by giving her a shot, but she's not really done that. Uh, and she kills her partner and then waits for Hector to come back from San Diego and tells him, like, who they are, what's going on, and where to find Reg, and slowly dies because she's killed herself. And that's, mm-hmm. like, her whole bit. Uh, why Hector comes back dressed as Santa Claus, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I don't know. Did he come down a chimney? It's, I guess he's got some presents for them, so he's doing a whole bit, but I, I don't know. It's the most random thing ever. He comes in dressed as Santa Claus. Well, you know, there's not very many men left on the planet, so you take what you can get. A <laughs> Moya. Oh, yeah. It, so, it does seem to be around Christmas, though, right? Does it? Because I remember like, the, the mall had like holly and, and Christmas lights and stuff. Up. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe it's Christmas time. I mean, it's hard to tell if it is like Los Angeles and like San Diego and stuff. Yeah, no snow around to give us an obvious, you know, tell sign. Yeah, and they're like dressed like it's summer. Yeah. So Reg is getting asked a bunch of questions from the lead scientist back at the base. And this guy's very theatrical. He's got a couple of lines that cracked me up. Not because the lines themselves were funny, but just because the way he said them. The delivery. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, yeah, there's a line later because they're going to like like kill a couple of kids for their blood and one of them says there's no such thing as santa claus and i thought that this was going to lead to like hector still being dressed as santa claus and it, the kids were going to be like oh shit santa came and saved us but instead hector's turned into a cowboy by the time he shows up to save people at the lab so <laughs> it didn't link up at all but well, that's whatever anyway so the kids like what the older boys like oh santa claus isn't real and then the, 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 lead, the lead scientist who's got the sunglasses on is like 
you don't believe in Santa Claus? And he's like, oh, so over the top. <laughs> he's chewing the scenery as he says it. But yeah, uh, he's, he's asking Reg all these questions about her, obviously for her blood condition. He's like, have you got hepatitis? Have you got diabetes? Have you ever had this? Have you ever had that? And she's like trying to like bite the tag off the belt she stole from them all because that's all she cares about. And she's asking a bunch <laughs> of dumb questions. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're fun characters for sure. They are fun. And, like, like I said, the action is the thing that lets it down because like, there's twice in this like section where she like basically fights back against a scientist and gets away and starts running around. But in both occasions, it's just like she grabs something and like there's like a you know really soft hit over the back of the head, and that's like, oh, she's knocked out the scientist, so she can. <laughs> well, she was also the one who was throwing the shoes versus the guy with the Uzis at the mall. <laughs> I mean, Reg is very. Ca- I mean, we, we know from the start of the the, the movie. And I never mentioned this, but we should mention it because it comes up again right at the end. Is that she's really good at that video game and the art, you know, the arcade machine she was playing, and she's got mm-hmm. all the high scores. But she's upset at the start of the movie because like number six has been replaced by someone called DMK or something like that, uh, which made me go death, murder, kill. <laughs> <laughs> death, murder, kill. <laughs> That's a demolition man reference for you, uh, wise, uh, quick witted people in the audience. Um. But yeah, so she's running around, she tries to save the kids in the lab, uh, Hector shows up and basically, like, just wise chats or like chat up the, the guard with the gun, who's a guy, but he's like, hey, do you like girls? He's like, come look at this, and he opens up his, uh, his car, and Sam's pretending to be dead in the trunk, but then they attack him. Well, hold on now, I'm starting to remember, because I watched this a few days ago, but... Yeah. The uh, so the sisters the the reason she they split up is because they believe Reg believes that Sam is dead. No. <laughs> yeah, because uh, she gets injected by Mary Warnoff. Yeah, but they're, right? they're already split up at that point. They split up before that. Oh, okay, okay. Because I thought that's why Reg left her. Like, just because she she thought that he, that they were dead. No. You're right. Because well, the happy uh, wave okay, happened. Yeah. You know, all that. You're right. You're right. They wave goodbye and they go their separate ways. And then Mary Warnoff, quote, kills yeah. Samantha. Yeah. Tara 2, but, Peter 1. I can't believe that you're this petty. <laughs> I'm trying to keep a running gag going. Forgive me for trying to have a bit of a running joke. All right, fine. <laughs> what do you want from me? All right, so uh, I just needed some clarification about the plot. All right, okay, that's okay, all. okay. No, no, no. The, the, that's why it's weird that she leaves her in the split up because that doesn't happen till yeah, after the split. Yeah, yeah. Because the the scientist says your your sister's already dead. She's like, what? It's like that's right. Yeah. Don't worry, she'd be dead in a few hours anyway, or a few days anyway. Um, but she runs around, grabs the kids. They they make their way out. Uh, Sam comes inside and helps them get out as well. Um. There's like a weird scene with two female scientists who are like 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 putting a couple of guys up to like blood blood transfusions, and they mm-hmm. basically have this weird conversation how they love working with kids and they can't wait to like talk to them and it's like you're going to kill them though like you're you're literally yeah. going to murder these children for their blood <laughs> to save yourself. Uh, but Hector plants some explosives on their their cars uh, while Sam's helping Regin that out, and when they get outside, they basically just taunt the scientists to come in a car to chase them. And then the car blows up. Although right before it does, you see that the head scientist is starting to look like the zombies with the like the sort of the, the shape around their eyes and like their skin's starting to like you know sink in. Yeah, uh, yeah. So 
and that's basically like there's not a lot of plot to this movie it's, it's shockingly like it it kind of waits around for things to happen and then you get all the scientist stuff in the last like 20 minutes or so to kind of like give it an ending uh there's one last scene to talk about but like that's the the actual crisis over yeah i like the i like the scientist stuff at the end because i think that's when like you know, it is the third act, and so, like, things are really amping up. But I think they do a good job with making the third act kind of the best act out of the film. You know, because there's just mm-hmm. a lot more to, to cling on to there. Versus, like, I mean, the the stuff in the mall is really fun, obviously. And, like, the beginning where it's setting up the problem and the situation and stuff like that is fun. But, like, I don't know. I, I just like the... I liked more characters and, like, whatever this mysterious band of scientists was was and what they were doing i thought that was uh more interesting and it would have been nice to have more of that sprinkled throughout oh for sure like it's been interesting to know exactly what like obviously in the movie they'll just try to save themselves but what will they try to do because because that wasn't the plan the plan was to like just survive so what was what were they going to do in this post-apocalypse had did if they didn't need to save themselves like if they were just fine yeah. what would the project be about like that's actually quite interesting yeah, exactly it's, it's just an empty like bunker it never um, comes up various different rooms and hallways and it's like what were they studying like were they were they just studying the comet and or and they knew something because of what they observed or is it just like a cult that of scientists <laughs> almost you know like <laughs> it feels like there's a lot they could do with that it also feels weird that the movie like none of the characters ever even bring up like where to go get food and i know it's like obviously just happened so all the stores will still have a lot of food but it, they never even talk about like long-term survival they never talk about infrastructure or everything they're going to lose like electricity still working because it's literally yeah like we're still the next day and like no one's using any so there's still some in the tank if you will so sure like yeah it feels like machines haven't broken down yet the movie never even addresses like them even thinking about like how are we going to survive in this world or or repopulate it or whatever uh although they're they're both pretty (laughs) horny though so i mean i guess the repopulation won't be a big deal but (laughs) yeah they're both like what 19 according to the movie or something um yeah the last scene of the movie is like hector and reg are dressed up like they maybe like got married kind of yeah. yeah, and they have the the two kids from the the lab yeah. that they adopted. That's their children now, and like <laughs> Sam's across the street dressed just kind of like Sam, and she's sort of like just like jealous and annoyed that they've because she's like they look like the Brady bunch, and she's like really upset about it. <laughs> and then, you know, the 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 powers that be answer her prayers for like a man for her, because then a car comes swerving round and almost hits her. Uh, because she's making fun of them yeah well he's not really he's kind of a nerd to be honest he just happens to be in a car with sunglasses but it turns out that he's dmk from the arcade machine uh this is the guy who beat reg or at least he didn't even beat her like she still had the top five scores he he just was on the leaderboard but uh as soon as he he, he, he turns around and apologizes for almost hitting there uh like when she gets a good look at his face she just kind of looks up and goes thank you like, <laughs> and she goes out of the car, and like Hector's getting really protective. Like, we don't know who this guy is. He could be dangerous or something. Well, he's the dad now, right? So. Yeah. And she's like, "What's your name?" And he's like, "Peter." He's like, "Is this Peter?" Right. I'll be back later. <laughs> and they drive off. <laughs> and then the movie cute, ends. Yeah. I, I'm going to. I just have to assume that this is where Tommy Wiseau got some inspiration because the movie ends with Hector and he's like tucks tossing a football with uh, the kids down the street and i'm like this is the room like you're, you're doing yeah. the, you're doing the so anyway how's your sex life <laughs> <laughs> that's the 
kids to Hector, obviously. Yes, yes. Uh, well, it'll be very problematic. It'll be around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. You keep saying that with such reverence. Because <laughs> that's how Chicote says it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I bet you were just delighted to find, like, a Star Trek actor in, like, a small movie role, like, years before they, they got their break. Hell yeah. <laughs> he's so young and cute in it, too. I mean, he still sounds like Chakotay, and he doesn't quite have, like, the acting chops for someone like a, like Patrick Stewart or... I don't know. I, he's more on the level of maybe... Maybe Jonathan Frakes, as far as acting goes. And even when you see Frakes in a movie before, you're like, yeah, you're not a movie star. Oh, yeah. Okay, DMK <laughs> stood for Danny Mason Keener. That was his, that was his name. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned that. Yes. Uh, and this actor was also... Did you say his full name. Yeah. He was also in Christine, uh, which is his other, I guess, relatively Another car movie. movie. Maybe that's why... Maybe that's why he's in this, in a car, because he's a good driver or something. Uh, Christine was a year before this, so yeah, maybe, maybe Carpenter saw him in this and went, oh, he's the he's the teenage heartthrob for me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's a fun movie. Like, like, it probably sounds like I've been mostly critiquing it for like having a very relaxed plot, and I think it is a fair complaint, and it's fair to say that there's maybe some interesting things they could have done with this lab and the scientists who are, who are up to something. Like, what was their purpose? Like, what yeah. was their purpose if they didn't get sick? Like, that would have Why been an interesting thing. Why did they have matching thing. jumpsuits? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's also true. Um, yeah, and definitely some more survival stuff. Even with the, I, I, It's not even that I want more zombie-esque stuff. Like, I'm kind of glad that it shies away from that, because it's like, I've, there's tons of zombie movies. I like the zombie movie. But just, you know, like, surviving in the post-apocalypse or, or stuff. Like, you can still keep it being fun. Like, have them do more stuff. Have them, like, all, all we see them do is, like, have fun looking for clothes. Like... Let's see them, like, I don't know, like, go and do something else that they wouldn't be able to do if it, people were around. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. Go, <laughs> I don't know, what, what would you do if, like, suddenly there was no people and you could just do whatever you wanted anywhere you wanted? Oh, stay home, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> go, go to the swimming yeah, pool, swim naked in the swimming pool because there's no one around. I don't know. I'd have to be pretty sure there's no one around. <laughs> 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 to put myself in a vulnerable position like that. That's fair. I probably would go and like, like, yeah, I'll go try on all the expensive stuff I can't get. Oh yeah, I'd go find the biggest TV and like get get the ultimate home cinema system set up. It's not stealing; like, it's all left for you. So uh, absolutely. Uh, I suppose actually, the first thing I would do I'd is probably move. Go, yeah, get a bigger <laughs> house. But I would, I would get some books out on how to like keep generators running so I'd have electricity forever. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I'd worry about that too much. I guess I, if I have, if it's easy enough to get gasoline and a generator, then sure. But otherwise, like, I don't know, man. I have to learn how to make fire. I need movies and stuff. I can't live without that. I'll just kill myself if I can. It's fine. You know, books exist. I mean, true, but that's not my love. My love is, is my love is for film. Uh, I think I'd be ready to close the chapter on the <laughs> electricity. Nah, nah, maybe electricity. It's, <laughs> it's bad enough internet won't exist anymore. Like, electricity too? Nah. <laughs> yeah. At least the whole world would be vegan if it was just me left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true. All the animals are dead, though. Is that true? 
Well, do, we, don't, the, we don't see any other animals in the movie, I don't think. Yeah, except for the ones kept in steel cages. Oh, the shelters. I'd have to go to each shelter and rescue them. <laughs> At least set them free. All the kitties and stuff free. Mm. Yeah, what are they going to eat, though? Our cats, they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. But there's no other animals to eat. Like, that's what they, they hunt if they're out in the wild. Well... I don't know, maybe the birds all, like, out... outran it. <laughs> <laughs> outran the comet. Alright, I don't even know where this is going to go now. Uh, this is a bit of a shorter episode than normal, but, like, honestly, the movie's so simple that uh, this is kind of all, all I've got for you. <laughs> I don't have anything else yeah, to say. Yeah, it's not really too much to analyse, but, I mean, it's a fun time. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, pleasant watch. It's just There's just not much to it, really. Uh, but it's just a fun time. If you like this kind of vibe, I think you'll get you'll you'll at least enjoy it as a background watch. If not, uh, yeah, so, so it's definitely something you can easily watch whilst you're like playing a game or you know something. So yeah, it's it's uh, like I said, if I had seen it when I was younger, I probably would like it a lot more. Mm. But I I think it's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, what are you going to rate Night of the Comet? Um, I think I'll give it a 6.5. Not quite up to the 7, but close. Yeah, I think 6 is a fair score. And it's, 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 a, it's a pleasant 6. It's a 6 that I recommend as a 6, but mm-hmm. fundamentally, it's, it's just not got enough in it to really put it up any higher for me. So, But yeah, a, a nice, strong, good 6 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, totally. So there you go. That's Night of the Comet. Uh, next time on the Atomic Sam Experiment, We'll be continuing the 80s season with a movie not only in the from the 80s season, but also titled as such, and that is 1984, which I've never seen, so... I don't think I've seen it either. Yeah. Uh, so John Hart was in it. I know that much, but that's... We get, we get some Orwellian references, and that's kind of, we'll be able to figure out what all the 1984 references are when people talk about <laughs> on the news how we're living in 1984. I think I, get, I think I get the co- I get it from context. <laughs> like I know what people mean when they say that, but yeah, I've never actually read or watched any 1984. So me neither. So yeah, I don't was... think I did. No, I read Animal Farm, but that's the only George Orwell I think I re- I've read. I'll be curious. I'll be curious to see how how I feel about it. But uh, that is next time on the show. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you can of course support all the content by going over to patreon.com slash TV. And supporting us over there, you get a bonus episode on a monthly basis at the, the lowest tier. And then at the next tier up, you also get Meltdown every month, which is uh, a movie show where we just talk about all the different movies we've been watching. Plus, we do a sci-fi movie quiz for each other at the start. So if that sounds like fun, uh, as well as, you know, other things like early access and whatnot, go and have a look and see if you're interested in helping keeping the, the show going and keeping all the content coming. Uh, plus, there's bonuses for the other shows from all the fuzz movies. Uh, Live streams after midnight in the Collector's Cut, so have a look uh but uh otherwise like subscribe ding the bell for notifications all these things help out on youtube a lot uh if you listen to the audio version uh rate us five stars on itunes or wherever you get your podcast from all these things very helpful uh but mostly just come back and keep listening to the show <laughs> thank you very much this has been the atomic cinema experiment it was great i had a good time <laughs> i'll come back again <laughs> oh, good good uh so thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching science fiction and computer at salsa